Hello, welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, Director of Sales for Bone Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training, and I'm not drinking anything right now. Good. Appreciate the uh, not interrupting this time. Rob, how are we how doing? doing? Pretty good. Uh, oh, wait, you asked me how I'm doing? Yeah, I asked you how you were doing. God, I always feel so special when you ask me because you never do. <laughs> so I always have to ask you what you're doing. Like, I really care what's going on. You know on something? Life. That is a habit I have to break. Yeah. Uh, that's, all, that's a all bad about habit you? of mine. It's always all about me. It is, yeah. Yeah, like I'll say to Pauline, hey, I saw Pete today. And she's like, oh, how are the kids? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Uh, how, yeah. you know, how's his parents doing? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't. I really was just, I saw um, Pete and I was talking about me. Yeah, yeah. Always bring it back to me. Always bringing it back mm. to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but since you asked, I'm doing good. I, I was a lot of travel last week. I was uh, in Portland. I learned a couple things, Rob, on my trip. Um, and I had to, um, I changed my flight. So it was kind of a last minute change of flights and you're sitting there. And, um, when the, when, when, the, I guess it's a pet peeve of mine. I seem like I have a lot of them when it comes to flying. Although I never complain on a, on a flight ever. Are you saying that your only pet peeves are just when you're traveling? No, but I seem to have a lot of flight you have pet a, peeves. Yeah. You get, you get a, cause I think you see the worst of people, uh, on a flight. You know what I mean? Um, they at the beginning of when they started to call everybody said, "Okay, we're getting ready to board the plane. If you need special assistance, you can you can board now." <laughs> I'm judging everybody that walks down that aisle. Everybody, you know what I mean? I'm I like, I am too. I'm like, come on, man, what's really wrong with you? You know, you can walk. I am too. Okay, but what I really judge is when you're the guy who's walking with the guy who has a problem. You know what I mean? Like you're together, you're going to the same place, but these, that guy's got the problem, not the clown that's, that's going down the aisle. What makes you, uh, I would never be the guy checking the boarding passes at the planes. Cause I go, no, 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 no. You, you're nothing wrong with you. You get your ass back in, um, back in B12. You know what I mean? I, I, so that's a bit of a problem for me. Or also when they say, if you're traveling with minors and this kid is 12 years old, if he's a day, a homeboy can get down that uh, yeah. plane by Any, himself. Anybody five or below, yeah. that's a minor. Everybody yeah. else. Yeah, you're, you're on your own with the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And then I got to Portland and I was at a stoplight and the stoplight was, uh, you know, I had to go through it twice. So uh, it was probably a total of five minutes that I waited at the stoplight, right? And I'm watching a homeless guy, God bless him. And shaky is, you know, I mean, this dude was shaking all over the place. Like, I mean, he, he was a very, you know, obviously homeless dude, the, 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 the way he was dressing and whatever. And, and, and had scruffy, obviously had some problems. But dude put that tent up in like two minutes. You ever try to put a pup tent up by yourself? Last time not, I tra- not in a long time. Last yeah, time I tried to try to put a tent up, I had like extra poles left over. I'm cussing it. I'm throwing the box, looking in the box for extra poles. This dude put that tent up in like two minutes. He's a dr- probably in the eye, every sign that he was a drug addict. I started questioning what's it. 
what's wrong with me, man? I always bring it back to me. Like, what's wrong with me, man? Of course I, you do. Yeah. Uh, that I, I can't even put a tent together. Look at this dude just did it like with all the problems he's got going on. So anyhow, that was my well, flight. Um, I think for the tent guy, it's like when you and I are teaching somebody how to pull a T-bar. We've been pulling a T-bar forever. So when we get up and we start pulling a T-bar and showing somebody else, we make it look very easy. Tent guy, he's setting this thing up every single day. So he could do he, it with his eyes closed. He's got a fair amount of handicaps, though. You know what I mean? With the drug thing. Well, look at you and I. We have a fair well, amount, I'm, too. I'm, and we can I'm still not pull on that drugs. Well, true. <laughs> you, you might not have the physical, but you definitely have the mental. What's that supposed to mean? I told you about the, I told you about the homeless guy uh, in Nashville holding up a sign at the um, at the intersection when he got off the freeway he had no shirt on and he had a six pack like no other he, he was built like like george foreman you know what i mean he had a big nice six pack and everything big strong looking dude and um i was thinking how's that dude out of work as strong and healthy as he is look at me fat slob you know what i mean he looks better than i do life isn't fair rob you're comparing yourself to homeless shirtless homeless people now yeah boy it's taking a turn for the worst huh yeah yeah sorry about that i mean i thought once they made you director you'd stop thinking like that but well there's two ways to look at it see that what's what's that's what makes me uh you know good i'm competitive I'm, com- I'm competing. To, I'm you're competing competitive, with a, with but a, you're a drug addict. Homeless, shirtless homeless guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't it's set a, up a tent. It you just don't occurred have to me. Six pack. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh well. <laughs> All right, Rob. What you got? I don't know. What are we talking about today? We're talking about oscillating Sanders. Oh, I'll tell you. A deeper dive. A deep dive. Here's a magazine. Mike Dittmer gave me this. Yep. The name of this magazine is Taunton's, T-A-U-N-T-O-N-S, Fine Woodworking. I started looking up some of their articles, um, you know, from past, uh, you know, past magazines. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. I'm subscribing to this thing. And I was reading an article in there that Dittmer turned me on to about uh, sanding with a random orbital sander versus sanding with a block sander, hand sanding. Okay. So I was amazed when I found that. Before you go any further. So that, that that's the first time you, you were amazed when you saw that magazine. There's something nice about being uneducated. Uh, <laughs> you see, that, that this is why Pete wants to beat the <laughs> out of you. It's... <laughs> Comments like that. That Sherman, out. Pete Sherman hears that stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. I laugh it off. He's he, he's he taking it personal. He he's in a it, he, yeah. He's in a. It's like a, you hit me. He feels the pain. He's hitting a he's hitting a heavy bag somewhere. Thinking oh, about me. He's looking buff too. Now that he's retired, he's looking strong. Hmm. Well, that magazine's been out forever, but I love it when you when you just first discover something that, that everybody else has known about for for sixty years. I believe me, I'm guilty of the same thing. It's usually with some kind of a some kind of a um, electrical gadget 
that's been out. I go, holy smokes, did you know these? I go, yeah, every door has locks. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, go do tell. I, I interrupted you. That's all right. I don't even know what I was talking about. Yes, you said something about oscillating versus sanding straight on. The random orbital sander versus hand sanding with a block sander. And they did a whole article about it. But the article was everything they did, they put under a microscope. And it's called an SEM, which stands for scanning electron microscope. So everything they did, whatever they were doing, they would chop off a tiny little piece and then slip it under this microscope and really go to town on this. So I just sent you some notes of what I read. Yeah, I read it. Couldn't believe it. You know, I don't do a lot of reading. You know me, I'm not a reader. Look at the big brain. Look at the big brain on you. Yeah, look at me. Right. I even made notes too. Hmm. It was, I felt like I was writing a report in the seventh grade. You know, I just. Wow. See, the teacher told you that was going to come in handy. See, I would just, you know, read it and then copy down what I read. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Even, I, I don't even know if I wrote C illustration on page 59. What I might have wrote that down too. <laughs> why, why didn't you just copy and paste? So you don't have to do it like that. I, uh, yeah, I was trying to do that. I'm not good at okay. that. It's okay. Yeah. All right. You know what? I'm, I'm not sure how to copy and paste. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We should edit that out for your own. No, day. no, no. Don't edit that out. I'm, okay. D is, D has taught me, I don't know, five times and it just, it just hasn't. It's go. like algebra. I had to take algebra two years in a row. And then in like the first quarter of the third year, I'm a junior in high school in with a freshman algebra class. And then it hit me like, like the cloud opened up. You know what I mean? Wow. And like I understood algebra and then transferred into geometry and transferred out about two weeks later. Like, nah, this is, I'm good. I'm good with the algebra. There's some advantage of being an upperclassman with all freshmen, isn't there? No. No? (laughs) No. Not if you have good hearing. No. Hmm. There's no advantage to it at all. What if D gave you a cookie every time you you tried it and it it was successful? Do you think that would have helped? Like some kind of like a... I I really don't think it would. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just trying to see what gets... Listen, you. you get, you know... I'm 60 something years old. There's a lot of knowledge up there and there's not, there's not a lot of room left. I got to start purging. It's interesting. So there's like, there's a lot going in, but not, not a lot coming back out. No, it goes through. Oh, it just okay. whistles through. Ask Pauline right through. So I sleep well at night. I know what I know. That's it. Yeah. yeah. We're good. All right. I don't okay. Have to think about stuff. Yeah. Continue on. Or is that all you scanning. got? Did I talk about the scanning electro and microscope? Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Now, a lot of things that I was reading in this is a lot of things that we preach during schools. Okay. Like when you're going to another grid. You're done with your 36, you're jumping to your 50. Mm-hmm. 
And we tell everybody, yeah, you got to clean the floor before you do that. Well, now I know why we're, we're telling people to clean the floor. Because when you're sanding, you're shoving grits, little pieces of grit that falls off the sandpaper and dust, you're packing it down into the pores of the wood. So then when your next piece of sandpaper travels over that, it can't get down into that scratch because of all that stuff that's impacted. So I think that's a very important point. Um, very important point. And um, so I'm maybe even say that again. So it's the open grain in the wood, especially like a red oak or what have you, that um, that the all the debris from the from the sanding grits and all the dust gets in, impacted into that into those uh, into that grain. So the next grid of sandpaper can't even really get down to where it needs to get down to. Yes. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, come on. That's that's pretty it cool. Showed it under the microscope. Yeah. And I'm constantly telling the people in the class, yep, we got, hey, in between grits, you got to vacuum it off to the point where sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just a coarse grit. Don't worry about it. Think about what I just said. You think about it. I'm telling you to think oh, about okay, it. Okay, sorry. I got competitive. If there. we don't make a big deal about the first cut, right? Our first cut, whether it's 36 or 50. Or whatever you use for your first cut, whatever it took. If we don't clean that first one out, that is going to be the deepest scratch left. I I I love that. I really huh? do. I, yeah, Come on, I, give it to me. Yeah, that's good stuff. Because we 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 always say, you know, you got to vacuum between between passes or whatever. But to to be able to look at it under a microscope at what 200 times or whatever and see that the 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 the, the grain is getting impacted with all that stuff and you can't even get down there with the other sandpaper and there's the other grid in there by the way that's also putting excessive scratches in your floors that is that i i said that's good stuff rob this show's over that's it yeah. we're done thank we're you and over. good night <laughs> drop the mic that's i'm reading this going you know, we try to talk theory a lot. You know, we, we try to talk theory a lot, right? And, you know, when you started, they hand you an edger and paper and said, you know, just get over there and go back and forth. No real theory behind it. Well, you know, I kind of felt that way. Now I feel that way because in classes I'm saying, hey, in between grits, you know, back it off. Keep that deck clean. But now that I have a real you know the theory behind why not just to keep it clean but that dust impacted those grits impacted block the you know next why? set of grits going through i was i'm blown away here's why i love stuff like this and why it's important to do these things is that i mean we're we sand and finish it's in our description okay <laughs> So sanding is a key step that when it turns raw wood, raw wood into an investment piece, you know what I mean? That adds value to your home. So we're doing it day in and day out, day in and day out. This, this really, this makes you an expert. You know what I mean? At, at, at it. So when you talk to the clients or whatever, you, just, 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 if a client told me this, I'd be like, holy smokes. I thought you just sand the floor, you rip sandpaper across the floor and 
you know, you go to the other sandpaper, but when you put it like this, now you're, you're on, you're on another level. You're on another plane. Yes. So that's, this is, this is very in, interesting to me, Rob. Legitimately. So sometimes I tell you it is, and it's not, but this is, this is very interesting to me. I'm going to go sometimes, back and read that article. Some, so, <laughs> you might even read the bullets that I sent you. Maybe that would, that would be cool. Yeah. That, that would. Yeah. I love it sometimes when you make me feel like a mascot. I love that. Way All to right. go, Rob. So you figured something out. What about um what about the orbital action versus a, a sanding straight up and down action? Like with a hand sanding. All right. A random orbital clocks out at twelve thousand rpms it's not spinning at 12,000 rpms but because it spins and oscillates mm -hmm. that little orbit that little mm -hmm. oscillation counts like tenfold to just a regular grinder circle you know spinning around like an edger okay interesting like an edger 3200 yeah. rpms yep random orbital because of the the, that clocks out to 12,000 RPMs. Hmm. That's why it's important not to put a lot of pressure on it. So it allows it to, to do that. Exactly. Okay. Because it is doing so much more. The thing though, it, it doesn't feel like it, right? Not to the it average man. It, <laughs> you got that nice sensitive light touch. Is that mm -hmm. what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. You, you're, you're very touchy feel you can you're very tender yeah very little else going for me rob right <laughs> it's so soft hands you'd have been a good forward in hockey okay get out of here now <laughs> yeah so that's what's going on with the random orbital sander now the other thing when you're running that random orbital you don't do one of these you don't go back and forth you know people will run the random orbital mm -hmm. like they were running a um block plane hand sander block or a block yeah yep. you know, sanding block well when you run the random orbital mm -hmm. like that now you've turned your random orbital into a block sander you might as well flush it down the toilet if that's what you're going to do you might as well not even turn it on yeah. right just just use that because yeah. it's going to hold the paper so that how should better. they do it nice and straight nice and easy Nice and level, nice and slow. Nice and straight. Keep it straight. Don't heal it like you would heal a buffer to grind something mm -hmm. out or whatever. Yep. Because it's, you got to remember, she's spinning at 12,000 RPMs. Edger, you think how Edger, 3,200 RPM. Now when you're talking about a random orbital, that's 12,000. Just because of the way that it orbits and spins at the same time. So you want to, no pressure, you know, just holding it down, no heavy hand pressure, nice and straight, don't heal it. And when you run it like that, it definitely makes a huge difference. And I kind of noticed that I had used Bum's, uh, Bum got the uh, Fest tool yeah. And I started playing, you know, because I, 
he said, oh, yeah, I don't I don't know what he paid, 400 bucks or something for the for the random orbital. I was mm. laughing at him like, you got to be kidding me, right? Seriously? Yeah. I go, I can buy, for what, the 400 you spent, I could buy 10. And he goes, just really stop talking and use it. And yeah. Yeah. So I did use it, and I was like, okay, you're right. This is... This is an amazing tool. I don't. I know, you know. I know we're not sponsored by Fest Tool, but I had to give a shout out for it. You're a Fest Tool guy, right? Uh, I am. Um, yeah, and they're they're incredible. Fest Tools. Are, I mean, they're just they're they're fantastic tools. It seems like everything Fest Tool makes is a good tool. And you're right, we're not sponsored by them, but in fact, yeah, but the but they do make great tools. Um. When we started, you're saying we're going to talk about sanding. Uh, I was thinking about, I, th- I thought we were going to go, kind of go a different direction. And, and I started thinking about all the different sanding attachments that are out there right now and different ways that we, we didn't necessarily have in the past or guys didn't use. Um, those small uh, multi-tool with the corners detail on them, uh, uh, you know, come in kind of handy with a triangular uh, shaped for getting in corners and what have you. Um, but Are you mocking we- me? No, 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 no. Why would I mock you? I mean, I, I would mock you, but no, I, I, I'm just being dead serious. All right. You know what? It must. Uh, the railing <laughs> on my back deck, it's a I, it's a two by 12. Everything I build, you could rest a tank on. Okay. When I build something, mm-hmm. that's it. So all the kids and everybody laughed at me because the top railing of mine is a flat two by 12. So I noticed the other day, geez, it's getting kind of rough. And I was using a random orbital sander. And I remember Bum saying to me one day, yeah, I, you know, use the attachment for my multi-tool. So I had one, put it on, did it. Mm-hmm. I was blown away by how good that worked. Oh, no kidding. I was amazed. Yep. I was amazed. So I guess whenever I'm amazed at something, we're going to do a show about it. There you go. Like, like the last yeah, show. Yeah. Yeah. We you were know, amazed at, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm amazed ma- that they have a magazine like this. Yeah. I'm it's amazed. Horrible. You know what? They make, they write articles too about, you know, stuff that we do. You're, you're like a, a chicken. Every day is a brand new day. Um, first dates. Exactly. Yeah. I wake up and some brand. Wow. Look at that, an iPhone, huh? Yeah. Who would have thought? Go figure. Yeah. Um, the, the but Maddox... I couldn't agree more with using a multi-tool. Wow, I was, and I know what you're thinking, really? Two by 12, 32 feet long with the multi-tool? I was yeah. flying. Yeah. I was flying how flat, oh man, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Well, I think uh, also the pneumatic sanders for getting between spindles, you get them like a two inch diameter. So for, for, uh, you know, we, everybody has a compressor on a job anyhow, usually. So for getting between spindles and whatever, for uh, around stairs, those things are just huge. Uh, just hook them up to your compressor, zzz, zzz, uh, pneumatic, small diameter, off you go. They work great. Remember um, the old days? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, speaking of scrapers, um, I'm very particular about my scrapers because um, I don't like um, I don't like any flex in the handle of a scraper. I don't like any bend at all. 
like a lot, I don't like a lot of these plastic ones because I, when I put force on, I don't want I, you lose some of the force by in the bend. Um, so I want I, I like a wooden one that you get all the pressure. You, you know, you're not losing any of the pressure when you put it out, down on the scraper. To it's doing all the work. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, when I did my uh, my floor upstairs. I uh, I use the uh, the bench the bench uh, sander uh, comes in very very handy. So uh, on a job sometimes if it's the right job planers. Uh, Wait I a minute, did you say the floor upstairs? I didn't want to say it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't want to. Can you hear the music? The floor of the year. Uh, floor of yeah. the year. You, you hear know the, the music? You hear it? You know it's just as loud as it always has been. I I love that. That's crazy. I, I, I love that song. Yeah, thank you. Have you thank worn you. your belt buckle out anywhere yet? I have not. I wear it in the house. <laughs> just not... that, just the belt and the belt buckle. Nothing else. You walk in. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. And a crop shirt. That's it. <laughs> no, but I have it on my shelf. I have it on my shelf next to the... Um... <clears throat> trophy so the uh the head the the head the head trophy no the floor of the year trophy sorry oh floor of the year trophy no, oh i, I just, thought you were talking about your the other your one that, european swedish award trophy mm, yeah the, that, the, what's the name of that award only one on five continents award yeah yeah um, no, yep well well i don't want to bore people with that nah, but, uh, that's all right uh, Actually, all right. I've been, I've been seeing who they've been getting that award to the last few years, and it's like, uh, really watering that down, aren't they? <laughs> you better be careful. <laughs> all righty. You know, I kid, Wayne. I kid. Of course, all, I know. We're just fooling around. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like um, I would. Like I wouldn't accept that award. Yeah. 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 <laughs> as if yeah uh, uh, uh. um okay so that's that's very interesting on that uh rob on the uh oscillating sander um oh but we're not done oh you got more good good oh we're we're not done i'm sorry i went into my stuff because i thought you were out of bullets no i think we're no okay one of the other things that they did say about the random orbital sander is it does create a dangerous airborne fine particulate. Uh, that dust floats longer in the air than a coarser one. So definitely uh, you want to be wearing a mask. And of course, nothing works better on the, hooking your random orbital sander up to a PVC 2.0 with dual HEPA filters, the Bonavac system, HEPA filters. If you're not selling that, you're just leaving money on the table. But, you know, when I started to read about that dust that the random orbitals create, and I would definitely be rigging that into my uh, 2.0 for sure. You know something, Rob, on a serious note, um, I, uh, I, uh, somebody I know I've known for, for 30 years now, um, you look at the guy, great shape. I mean, um, super good shape, active his whole life. Uh, 
just found out uh, last week he has uh, lung cancer. Oh. And um, he, he smoked for 30 years. And, um, you know, he, he has to, you know, I mean, it's, you know, how serious that is. So I tell you, man, and uh, I mean, this guy should live another, gosh, he's healthy as can be. You know, he's, he's, he's in shape. He's not overweight. He's, uh, he's been active his whole life. He's got a great wife. Uh, he just retired uh, maybe a year and a half ago and um, has some symptoms or whatever. Went and just found out he has lung cancer. So the reason I say these things is, um, you know, we, we all think we're bulletproof until we're not. Uh, you know, using using dust masks for 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 uh, for the you know all the years we do this every day we're going to a place. You're breathing dust for for eight years uh, eight days uh, uh, eight hours a day, five days a week, sometimes longer, whatever. Man, it just it, uh, and I know it's it, you know it's it's hard to create habits and everything, but um, you just got to look out for your health because you don't. You, it's like. You got it or you don't. And as soon as you don't, uh, your life has just changed. So, um, you know, do be careful and take care of your health and, and do these things. Your ear protection, you know, wear good knee pads. This trade, you know, can beat the hell out of you. It's it's tough on you. You're not meant to be crawling around on your knees for, for, for 30 years of your life. Um, it all takes a toll. Uh, Father Time, you, you look at the toughest guys you'll ever see in your life. And uh, you can't beat father time. So, uh, you know, do do take care of yourselves and watch out for yourself and everything. And so wearing wearing respirators and all that. Uh, I don't want to get on, a, on a, too much about this, but but anyhow, just make sure you do take that in consideration. Have you, when's the last time you sanded a floor without a vac system on on an edger or a buffer? Oh, last week. Uh, no. <laughs> No, I, I couldn't even mm. imagine using an edger anymore without without dust containment. I you, I don't think you could pay me. I mean, it's just it's so much. I I can tell you, I remember the job that we first hooked up to the bonus supervac. It, I mean, it was night and day, night and day. And then from there, we went to the same thing. We run uh, running on our big Sanders uh, dust containment, and uh, I never looked back. I don't know how you do it without it. So there's well, great at the we there. did a training at a union hall and my equipment didn't show up so we were kind of using the union equipment and they didn't have anything for dust containment for the buffer hmm. now i'm in a huge hall i mean we're in a big room not a little bedroom right and <laughs> there we are buffing with nothing this was a few weeks ago buffing a floor final you know with the, uh, I was using the uh, multi-disc. Oh my God, I couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah. I mean, when you're so used to using it now. Yeah. And you have to go back. I I almost stopped and said, all right, we can't do this. We, yeah. We, we got to figure something out. This is, this is insanity. Okay. Mm. This is, look at the dust. It's getting everywhere. Right? Everywhere. Yep. It was crazy. I'm passing out masks and everything. I, yeah, the, what a what an amazing invention that's turned into. And like I said, I don't think I could ever go back to not using dust containment. Yeah, a hundred percent. 
Yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's an upsell. It's a it's we talked about that on the other episode and whatever. And it's a, but but mainly it's the quality of how you're going to spend that day for for eight hours or however long you're on that job, times however many days, months, years you're going to be in this trade. So uh, another thing that the uh, the article was saying, and there was two guys who were running all this. One guy was a scientist, and the other guy was like a doctor. Like he was you. a guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, an award winner and a person who doesn't win a lot of awards. Cooking awards. There you go. Um, so one of the things that they said also, and I love this because you know I'm the king of doing this, they just use light pencil marks where they're gonna sand. You know, I know I use like using the lubber crayon and mm-hmm. you know, marking out the whole floor and everything. But for the random orbital, I don't think a lot of people mark when they're using a random orbital. Mm-hmm. And they just said, take a, you know, lumber pencil or, you know, carpenter's pencil. You just put light marks on there. And when that mark is gone, you're done. Just nice, easy, smooth, right over that mark. Puts that graphite down into deep into that scratch. So nice you know it's light. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing I talked about, and I've heard people talking about this. Have you ever raised the grain before you do your final sanding? Let me think about this now. I've heard people no, talk about it. I, I think I think we've tried to do that or whatever we fooled around with, and we, we got away from it. But I have... I will tell you something about raising the grain on after the first sanding, but you go ahead first. Well, they're saying to do it before your final sanding. Mm-hmm. So if I was, you know, 36, 50, 80, and then going to hit it with a multi-disc 120, you would, when you're done 80 in, water pop the floor, let it dry, and then screen it or multi-disc it. That, and they that's... said that that eliminates a lot of grain rays for when you're using the water-based sealers but i don't know if i'm if if i'm good with that so that's an old woodworker's tip that uh if you're doing on a table that like is the one uh, i'm right here and it's a you know three foot by five foot you know i can see doing that and they do that like after every pass they like he can in fact they'll do it several times some of them on really fine furniture but I don't know. I think with the, um, to your point about the, uh, about the um, Tampico brush and everything, if you're doing those type of things and today's sealer, especially the way the R's a braid, I, I don't think I would, I would put that time into it on that. Yeah. I mean, that was the first thing that I was thinking is, so I'm going to water pop the floor and, and then, you yeah. know, sometimes how long you've seen, I've seen water pop floors take two, three hours to dry. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're going to hang out for two or three hours where, you know, especially now, like you said, we're using Tampico brushes. We're using multi-discs. We're using the black paper and not screens. We're burnishing more than we used to and not shredding. So, I mean, they kind of recommended that. I, I don't know if I'm down with that. Our floors are pretty smooth at mm-hmm. a lot of our schools I, just I, from I, our regular process. Yep. I will say this though, you can make an argument after you make your first pass 
with the uh, with the big machine, with um, with uh, like a, a common grade wood, especially that you water pop it right after that pass and water pop it heavy. That any wind shake that you might have would make come up at that time, and you replace it then until when you get to the end of the job. Okay, that I get. Yeah. So what made you stop doing it? I, I stopped doing floors. No. You said you did it for a little while. Yeah, to, to because I, I was reading those those woodworking magazines and stuff. <laughs> One back in the back, 80s. Like, yeah, that's a 30-year-old article, by the way. No, kidding. No, but <laughs> I, I was reading a lot of woodworking magazines because it related to floors and everything. And I, I, you know, talking to woodworkers, I know that's a common thing that they do. Uh, is that they water pop before they and then they sand it, then they coat it. Uh, and I, I just and I've tried it, so I just don't think with today's finishes and techniques and the higher RPMs and the different things we have going today, I don't think it's necessary today. No, I don't. I agree. Um, last thing I got here. What do you think the ratio is for um, scratches? What do you think the ratio was between using a random horrible sander and a hand sander? Number of scratches oh. ratio. Oh, I would think you would be just way more scratches with a with a with the orbital than the hand sanding, like way more. They said it's close to a hundred to one. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. And that's why the random orbital looks so much better than just regular hand sanding. No kidding. Because there's so many more scratches. That hides more. The more you know, it's not just one scratch you're looking mm-hmm. at. You're look, trying to look at a hundred, yeah, in the same small area. That's interesting. You know why we're doing this about random orbital sanding? Why? Because I have been so against the random orbital sander. Well, you know, I have too. I tell everybody in the classes, look, if you do a good enough job with your buffer on the edges and edging. You really don't need to use random orbital sand. You're wasting your time. Well, I don't know. I there's a lot of people out there doing some amazing work, and they use a random orbital on everything. My son is included in that, so I'm gonna have to give it up to the random orbital sanding guys. Well, be aware that you know a lot of people feel like okay, if it's a natural finished floor. I really don't have to orbital sand anything because it's not going to show. But sometimes over time, that finish can age and show up later where you wouldn't think it would. Uh, So there's that. Um, And when I say I was against the orbital sander, I'm different than you. Like I was like dead set on you hand sand or nothing. You hand sand or you get out of here. Don't even bring up (laughs) orbital sanders. I mean, forever. We would never... We it was like we would curse someone for saying how come we can't use an orbital sander. I've talked about that, um, but it's all it all comes down to it all comes down to now, especially with a power drive. Uh, never more important than before, any time before. I think is grid sequence. The power drive will do the job. It is an amazing, amazing tool. It comes down to grid sequence. And when you and the marriage line between the, the 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 wall line and the field, and and getting your recipe together, you know what is your formula, and um, and um, and sticking with that. And man, it's just you can produce furniture grade floors now. 
I mean, really, you, you, you say before, it's not a piece of furniture, it's, it's a wood floor. But it damn sure can be a piece of wood furniture now. So Yeah, I'll tell you what, you know, sometimes people would forget and I wouldn't say anything or, or whatever with the class. I am going to be Mr. Back in between Brit's changes from now on. I mean, I'm going to be adamant about it. When you start looking at what it looks like and what it doesn't look like, even even Bona has a great picture of a floor that was sanded to 120. Oh, are you leaving? No, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> Did you just fall asleep? No, no. <laughs> the floor was <laughs> the floor, and I think we talked about it. We might even put a picture up on the show before, but it was sanded to 120 and then vacuumed. And they looked at that under a microscope and took a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Then they did the same job, you know, finished with 120 and hit it with a Tampico brush. Absolutely amazing how much the, the difference in the picture is unbelievable of what it looks like vacuumed, but what it looked like Tampicoed. And that was one of the things that they really stressed in this article is not just vacuuming, but brush vacuuming. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, you know, I wonder where they're at because, you know, the other, the other half of the people out there like to use the felt mm-hmm. and not the brush. This, they were really leaning towards the brush. Yep. What are you, felt or brush? Uh, uh, brush. Yeah, I'm I think a brush, brush too. too. Yeah. You know, what I, you know what I love about this episode, Rob, is that you've been in this industry forever. And, uh. <laughs> Lord only knows how old you are. And, and 61. And you get excited about knowledge. When you learn something like this that you can share with your students and you still get excited about it and you're still seeking knowledge and trying to find out things. And and um, uh, I love that about you, man. You never stop learning. Knowledge is power. You know what I mean? And, and we talked about upselling. Even to be able to tell the, the client I love this story, man. You, you you sand the floors. If you don't, if you don't vacuum between coats and extract that that dust out of there that gets into microscopically into all the little pores, the next grit will never get down there to get past all that properly to to sand all that out. You're setting the table for a beautiful surface for 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 applying finish or your stain coats, and you're setting it up for for success. And um, you you get that message out to your clients. And they'll appreciate the craftsmanship in it. People, I'd love to see other craftsmen. I, I, got, I was watching a guy uh, shoe horses the other day. And I was thinking, man, all the experience in that dude's hands. Everything I've seen brick brick basins. How fast they are putting the mud in there, putting the brick down, taking the nut mud back out. Any craftsman, if you don't do that for a living, most everybody appreciates what they do. A lot of clients don't understand what we do. And they, you know what I mean? They may see what we're doing, whatever, but they don't know the intricacies and how, how every step is so important and how many steps there are involved in what we do. So when we talk about upselling and adding quality to the job and being able to get that across the client. I think it is so important. It also helps them appreciate everything that we do. When you see a guy doing all these, all these steps, just like you said in the last episode where you said the guy was so, or the lady was so impressive on the, on the, uh, on the um, estimate, you know what I mean? Clients appreciate yeah. that kind of stuff. You're adding value. So I, I, and I'll say this, it is so important. 
And if English isn't your second language, pictures goes, or English isn't your first language, uh, pictures go miles sometimes if you have a good uh, a professional looking portfolio. But if not, and you're not good at this, I think you need to practice your pitch to the your presentation to your clients, just like you practice anything else. You know what I mean? This is your chance. I've said it a thousand times, and I'm always going to say it. That half hour you have in front of that client to 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 sell yourself is a difference between at the end of the year, ah, it was okay, we got by, whatever, or we killed it this year. Things are looking like they're slowing down right now in the economy. You know, I've been all through the West Coast in the last, last number of weeks, and you started seeing it slow down. How are you going to handle that? How are you going to adjust for that? One of the ways, I think, is by upselling you know, showing that you are above and beyond the, the, the next guy down the road. And uh, these are the type of things. That's why we, you know, we really appreciate our listeners. And, I, and you know, we have, we joke around a lot, but you bet your butt we're damn serious about it when it comes right down to it. Uh, we both love this craft. Uh, we, we were amazed. I, I talk about the TikTok videos we see all the time. And, and, the, and people say, you know, I'll go on there and go, man, that's a beautiful floor. And probably people say, gosh, Will, you wouldn't say that all the time. But I mean it every time. I loved seeing it, man. I love seeing the craftsmanship, and um, we want to see people be successful. I mean, it, it when Rob teaches someone in a class, and and they come back and go, man, I can't believe I was never doing it that way, and now I do it that way. It's, I'm so much faster than I used to be. We we love that stuff, man. So um, I hope it helps. Hope you get something out of the episode. Rob and I sure sure love talking to, to everybody across the, and we appreciate all the. The, the 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 mail the emails we get and the text messages and the phone calls and what have you uh it, it means a lot to us and uh we appreciate your listenership and um please do stay tuned for another episode this has been another episode of on the floor with wayne and rob <laughs>